Welcome to Harvest Time. We're glad you're here. Looking forward to introducing you to a young couple that's with us this weekend as a part of our annual missions conference and the theme in making disciples as we've tried to emphasize all week long including as this is being aired originally on friday night and then once on saturday and once on sunday and so uh, this is actually by this is aired the third um, service that we've had together highlighting the importance of not just evangelism but the next step in the edification of the body of christ and we are all called to make disciples. This is our calling, and we're most fulfilled when we see that happening in the lives of God's children. And we're glad to have the Blakes with us. But before we have them on, I do want to remind you that our conference again tonight is this aired, and then Saturday we have the opportunity to have a, a, a kind of a beach activity from 1 to 4 on Saturday. Our missionaries will be there at Polaris Point Beach. If you got questions, call the office. Be happy to point you in that direction. And uh, just a good chance for fellowship for our church body. And then on Saturday evening, it's all free. That's the first evening we've got free this week. I encourage our families to get to bed early and get ready for a great day on Sunday. Sunday at 9.30, our adult Bible fellowships start up, and they are combined uh, this particular Sunday. And so for the men and the ladies, being able to take advantage of this in the FLC as well as the auditorium. And then we also, of course, as we always have had, the nurseries, the children's, full-blown children's ministries, our teen ministries, all of this at 930. If you don't know where to go, stop by the main kiosk over in the jetway, the other kiosk in front of the church building. They'll point to the right direction. Smiling faces waiting for you. We'd love to have you. You're more than welcome to be with us. And then at 1030, our worship service, a great variety of music that's conservative, that's traditional, I think refreshing, and it'll touch your heart and help you to be able to worship the Lord genuinely. And then we have the privilege to have Mr. Mark Kittrell. He represents Pacific Rim Missions International. He'll be preaching on Sunday morning. And then also Sunday night, we'll finish out this great conference together with Family Bible Hour at 6 o'clock. And uh, we'll be doing some special activities with all the missionaries, as well as Peter Blake will be speaking. Introduce him in just a moment. And then after that, actually, a brief period of time that we'll have what we call our dessert. Um, I'm not sure what we're calling this. I was going to say dessert cook-off. That doesn't sound right. An extravaganza of desserts. And uh, all of our folks bringing their international dessert dishes and we'll be having, I think, a big competition of that over in the Family Life Center. Just a fun time together as a church. Our missionaries will be there as we wrap up our annual missions conference. This conference also helps our church not just to hear the preaching, to be inspired about what God has to say, as well as not just instructing us about gospel truth, but also to inform us as a church body to make commitments about our finances in continue to expand the outreach of the mission's endeavor. Acts 1.8, the Spirit of God that started in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost. And this is our own local, regional, and global outreach by partnering with people around the world and helping them. And I'm glad that we are able to do so. 
One other missionary couple that we have that are brand new to us is Pastor Kevin and his family as well. They're beheaded to Salt Lake City, and I'm glad that they're able also to make their presentation on Sunday. It is a privilege to have the Blakes with us, Peter and Jessica Blake. These are veteran missionaries to Australia. First of all, to both of you, welcome to the studios here at KHMG. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Peter, we've known you a long time. Jessica, you all have been at it for a long time. So let me start with you, Peter, because we had the opportunity to minister together. I think, it, now I'm talking about this, back in the day at a camp in Wisconsin, you, I think, were one of the first directors, if not the director, for what we call Pioneer Village. It's all coming back to me. Is this accurate, Peter? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> correct. And uh, I wasn't the first director, but I was, the I think, the next director mm. who laid the foundation, and I had a number of years there working at Pioneer Village with the junior campus. And it was a wonderful experience at the time. I didn't realize how God was going to use that to prepare me for Mm. camping ministry in Australia. But God knew all along. Wow. And you had come up there uh, because you were finishing college eventually. Where did you end up going to school? I eventually went to Bob Jones University after traveling with Steve Pettitton. That's right. So you were with Pettit Ministry and all of those experiences. Along the way, you met your lovely bride, Jessica. Was this at college as well? That is correct. She was teaching on the music faculty, and my good friend Will Gorkin helped set up our relationship. And there you go. Now, I'm going to get to that in a minute, but before we do, let's back up, because of course our listening audience would recognize your voice is not from uh, the Bronx or Brooklyn in New York. How in the world did you ever get from your homeland to the United States? What brought you to the The short answer is a plane, Mm -hmm. but the long answer is... I like the long answer. (laughs) <laughs> God used a, a girl in her senior year of high school who visited Australia at a time when my sister and I were considering what God was going to do with our lives and we knew we needed some more training. We'd inquired about possibilities in Australia, but that young girl who visited planted a seed and we didn't think much of it at the time, but probably about a year later after she left, after just a three-week visit, we received these application forms from this college in the woods of Wisconsin. And uh, my sister was a little more sensitive to the Lord at that time, and she knew that was where she needed to be. But six months later, I followed her over there. She Mm. said, Peter, this is the place you need to be and you'll want to be. And uh, that was the start of a brand new chapter in our lives. Wow. Elizabeth. That's great. What years was that, Peter, can I ask? Yeah, that was 91 to 95. Wow dusting off the files that I'm recalling all of this. Isn't that funny? Well, we were privileged to have both of you with us and and our family as well that got to know you all. Jessica, let's fill in the blanks a little bit here because Peter mentioned meeting you there. You were on faculty. um, Was faculty at Mm. at BJ Music? Talk about what you were doing there and how did all that happen as far as your training, where you went to school, all of that point. Well, I was born in Greenville, South Carolina. My parents were faculty members at Bob Jones University. And so I was born in the campus hospital there. And I went to school there. That was part of the privilege of being employed there was that your children were able to go to school there at Bob Jones. And that was a privilege. I look back at that. I'm very grateful for 
um, the emphasis on the Word of God and the really excellent teachers we had that loved us, that loved the Word, that were doing their best to educate us well. I ended up finishing university there and then going to graduate school as well. And all along, my heart's desire was to be somewhere else on a mission field. That was what I always wanted as a child. And so it was harder for me to stay at that point, but I knew that's what the Lord wanted me to do. So I ended up teaching there on the music faculty for four years. But of course, during that time, uh, near the end of that time is when Pete showed up there at Bob Jones. And I knew that's obviously why the Lord wanted me to stay. (laughs) So I'm grateful. How long did you all date before you actually was married? It would be around about 12 months. 12 months. Yeah. On the second. No, no, I did dilly-dally, my brother. No, not at that point. (laughs) No, we were old. (laughs) Sure, sure. You know, now that I'm pausing for a minute here also, Jessica, because your father, Dr. Anderson, taught, uh, was it John? I want to call mm, him. He taught gospel and epistles of John. Gospel mm. epistles of John, which is what I had. I had him as, as a teacher for that class, and I think my wife did also at a separate time, as I recall. Our last part of education was there at Bob Jones as well. And obviously the Lord used all of that because let's move forward now because eventually you felt called back to Australia. And what brought you back? What were you doing at the beginning? Because this has been now 16 years ago in that, na- that neighborhood. Yes, just over 15 years 15 ago. 15 years ago. And the longer I stayed in the United States, the greater the burden became to come back to Australia. Mm-hmm. Originally, I left Australia thinking I'd never return. I would get a year of uh, missions training overseas and head to some foreign field where they wanted right. the gospel. But what God did was he sat me down, and the longer he had me in the United States, he put in my heart a burden to return to my homeland, which I never had before. So through the various experiences God gave with ministry, youth evangelism and traveling with a revival team, God gave me not only experiences but opportunities to develop gifts and see how that could play a part in future ministry Mm. in Australia, as well as the camping ministry that I was exposed to at Northland. Now, when did you get exposed to the gospel, Peter, and you turned your heart over to the Lord? When did that happen? My dad was a minister in the Methodist Church in Australia, so mm-hmm. I'd heard the gospel, but it was as a young boy that one day it finally clicked that mm-hmm. I was a sinner, yeah. and I knew where I was headed. So just as a, a kid with simple faith, but a real faith in God, that's when I turned to yeah. him. Jessica, how about you? Um, The very first memory I have is as a four-year-old when I went to my mom and told her I wanted to be saved, and I remember praying. It wasn't until I was about nine, and I went to Christian camp for children, and the speaker there gave a salvation message and specifically preached about our sin and Christ's substitution in our place. And so it was at that point I think I understood more Mm. about the gospel and my sin and what Christ had done for me. And I went home after that camp and was very burdened one night 
And just on my own, I asked the Lord again to save me, to forgive me of my sin. I think at that point, I really understood. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to pause on that point for a minute that even this week, actually, uh, we had two individuals saved. Both have been coming to church a long time here. My wife led one lady to the Lord, and then just last night after the service, a young lady turned her heart over to Christ at the end of the service. And the message wasn't necessarily all about salvation, but it was the point in time that their hearts and minds were open to that truth. And it's amazing how God has his way of being able to do that. As my own life, I recall back at 20 and in Michigan, and I knew the gospel as well, but God just turned the light on and gave me an opportunity to respond. He's drawing a heart, and it's an amazing change when that happens and eventually getting us the place that he wants to send us and use us. For you all in Australia, talk about your ministry, Peter. What are you doing? What's involved? And what do you see to be your burdens for where you're at now? God's given us a number of opportunities to minister. We serve in a local church, Ingham Independent Baptist Church, and Ingham is located in North Queensland, halfway between Cairns and Townsville on the East Coast. So we've had a great opportunity to minister there with Pastor Wally Jaworski and his wife Becky, they're GFA missionaries. They've been there over 40 years, so they're seasoned missionaries. So we've, we've been able to observe their faithfulness and dedication and just come alongside and assist them. But also it's given us opportunities to work specifically with preaching and teaching, music ministries in the church, and also the oversight of the camping ministry, the campsite Camp Benaya that the church owns and operates as well. Additionally, I get the privilege of serving as a school chaplain in one of the public schools for two days a week. It's a primary or elementary school, and that's provided many opportunities to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. practically and also verbally. And Jessica, talk about your children, how many you have, what are their ages? We have four children. Nathan is 16, Abby's 14, Jeremy's 12, and Krista is nine and a half. Mm. And we love being together. We love family life is, is really lovely. We're out on the campsite. We live on the camp property, so we're, we're kind of away from everything. And we've, the, the children have grown up really having to get along and play with each other because there's no one else around because of mm. where we are and they are a real blessing to us in a lot of ways the lord is helping them and they actually help partner with us in mm-hmm. what we do in the physical maintenance of the campsite in church ministry as well so it's exciting to see them grow up and we're in a time of life where they're not babies and we're not dealing with you know High late nights and that kind of things <laughs> But yet they're still in the home. They're not making huge, massive decisions about life calling and right. um, where they're going to get further training or if. And um, so it's been a little oasis time of just a lot of really good family time we've yeah. enjoyed. Now, in the last few years, you've also taken on um, a vocational mm. job as well as I, I'm sure you look at it as ministry, talk about that, and what have you found that, how productive have you found that to be for you? I was offered a job teaching music in a local school, and I never thought I'd go back to teaching. I just didn't think about it. But when that came up, of course, we talked and prayed about it. It's been wonderful. I've learned a lot. I've seen the Lord 
helped me in ways, you know, things that I thought were impossible. And I have the privilege of teaching music to 260 children every week now. And there's been people that we've gotten to know through that and people that I pray have seen the love and the light of the Lord Jesus and some who've commented that they have. So I've been challenged to, through the Lord, through the Word, specifically in Jesus' words about a light on a candlestick and not under a basket, shining for Him, using whatever we have and it's been wonderful that the Lord's been able to use the training I was given early on in this way. And we've mm-hmm. really just been amazed at how the Lord's used that. Peter, you'll be preaching this weekend. And our listening audience that is quite varied in who listens to us, as I often will say, we have a lot of closet listeners, people that might not, I'm not going to go to that Baptist church, but they listen. They, they like our music. It's fairly conservative. They like many of the programs that we have on the preaching programs. Uh, talk about when we're saying you're a missionary. You know, we support you on a monthly basis. Not a lot, but it's a, certainly a passion of ours to help people like you, that you, you're reaching out to Queensland. We used to take our senior trips down to Cairns. We've been down there many times. I had the privilege to be with you at your camp and a family camp one time. What do you say to a church like ours, and what should we know about this whole thing on missions and helping people like you, and what would be a charge or challenge to us? Well, a missionary is one who is sent, and in, in our case, we believe that we have been called, sent by God to give the good news to everyone who will accept it. And most Australians aren't all that concerned, to be honest, about the good news of Jesus Christ. So it's quite a challenge. But God does reward faithfulness and persistence and the prayers of many of God's people. And I think that's where a local church has a huge part to play, not just in the financial or physical support of a missionary, but the spiritual prayer support because Jesus' words are very true. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And so we keenly feel that. And we know, Jessica and I know, there are times when we know people are praying for us. We can sense it. The whole atmosphere changes. and We can't explain it. And we attribute it to God putting it upon the hearts of his people to pray. So we consider it being part of a team. Some are called to go to different places, different cultures, but we're all called to the same overall mission, to give the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, I trust that, as you mentioned, Jessica, and my Bible happens to be open to Matthew chapter 4, when earlier we were discussing this, verse 16, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death light is sprung up the shadowlands and jesus was that light that sprung up which went on to state and from that time jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and chapter five he makes what you referred to as that light of the world like a city set on a hill that cannot be hid and 
a candle that not be put under a, a bushel. And uh, certainly, Peter, as you mentioned, that prayer as A.P. Simpson in the mid-1800s, powerful writer that said, quote, prayer is the mighty engine that is to move the missionary work. And I trust that our church, as we have for the last two months, every Sunday night in a family Bible hour, we've all as a church gone to our knees and uh, this last Sunday to pray for this mission conference, as well as our missionaries. And for many of you, that if we would look at ourselves on the front lines of missions for the Guam and unique location, folks like you, as many others that we support intentionally, are behind enemy lines. And there is darkness, and sometimes you can't express it and define it, but it's deeply felt. And uh, the warfare, uh, spiritual warfare, that uh, God allows us to admit our dependence, our surrender to Him, and He chooses in His grace to work through us and support one another. Thank you, both of you, for being with us. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. We'd invite you to Sunday services this week at Harvest Baptist Church when we'll be continuing our missions conference. Join us beginning at 9.30 a.m. for children's programs and adult Bible fellowships, 10.30 a.m. our regular morning worship service, and then at 6 p.m. our family Bible hour this Sunday at Harvest. And thanks for listening to Harvest Time.